Love for God and love for our fellow believers can only be shown through obedience to the Lord by doing good works. Our love for the Lord and for each other should even be sacrificial. This is what true faith in Christ is all about. It's about doing those things that please God. It's about fulfilling His will. It's about accomplishing His desire here on earth. This is how the Holy Spirit compels us to fulfill the law of God. Hello and welcome to another message from the Latter Rain Ministries, where we're dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. Today we'll be explaining that we must have love. Being a Christian does not mean that we need to lead religious lives or do religious things or even about being moral. Being a Christian means that we must be Christ followers, which means that we must endeavor to be like Christ and do the things He did while here on earth. And Christ was and is all about love, about loving His Father and about loving us as people. And He said it Himself that we must love God the Father with everything we are and our neighbor as ourselves if we want to have eternal life. So love must be everything to us. Today's message is inspired on John chapter 13, verses 31 to 35. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord God, blessed be your name. I praise you, I worship you, I exalt you, O Lord, for your goodness, for your kindness. Heavenly Father, because you are so good to us in every kind of way. Heavenly Father, please forgive us because we don't realize it like we should. and We don't value the things that you do. We don't value your love as it needs to be valued. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you may please forgive our sins. Please forgive my sins, Lord God. Heavenly Father, Holy God, please always remember us in your mercy and in your grace, O Lord, that we are nothing without you. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you help us to understand what true love is, what godly love is, and that it must be a part of our lives so that we can do your will on earth. To you be all the honor and the glory and the praise, O Lord, for you and you alone are worthy forever and ever. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Today's key passage is in John chapter 13, verses 31 to 35. This is the word of the Lord. So when he had gone out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man is glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and glorify him immediately. Little children, I shall be with you a little while longer. You will seek me, and as I said to the Jews, where I am going, you cannot come. So now I say to you, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Love is a requirement for God. God wants for us as followers of Jesus Christ to love one another. We should ask ourselves the question though, what is love? What kind of love is the Lord talking about? Is it the love that you and I know that is within our human capacity or something else? Most people today have differing opinions of what love is, especially as it relates to how love is explained and or defined in the Word of God. As believers and followers of Jesus Christ, our definition for love must come from the Word of God because that should be our best and only source for understanding what true love is. The Word of God tells us that God is love. So this is one of his characteristics. And as such, it is then something that goes beyond what we could feel or have on our own. 
We can begin by looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 13 or the love chapter if some refer to it and see what love is all about. For it says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. But we know in part and we prophesy in part, but then which that is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child and thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. And now abide faith, hope, love, these three. But the greatest of these is love. One of the things that clearly dispels the so-called love that some people say they have today is that the love that God talks about has nothing to do with thinking evil or rejoicing in iniquity, which means that true love, God's love will never go along with anything that is found to be sin before the Lord. So for example, you can have a couple of people that say that they love each other but yet they practice fornication or have sex before marriage or out of the marriage relationship, then that is really not love, at least by God's standards. That is desire, but not love. The same goes for two people that have a same-sex relationship. God's love will never condone sexual sins, whether they involve same-sex situations or a heterosexual relationship. True love, as God is and designed it, will never condone or justify sin in any kind of way. And so it is imperative that we understand just what love is so we can have what is right within our lives. Otherwise, we'll be missing the mark or sinning. What is the other thing we can glean from this passage? It explains that love does not behave rudely or seek its own. What does that mean? There is no selfishness in love. And so in the life of a Christian, there can be no selfishness. Yet that is one of the greatest issues we have as a group today. Most people are only worried or concerned or mindful of one thing, themselves. We're probably living in the most selfish time this world has ever seen. It's all about me, 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 me. Most people fend for their own needs, desires, and wants. Most people think about their own convenience. Most people are willing to take than to give. And there are even people that give but not with the right intentions. And this is one of the first things that 1 Corinthians 13 deals with, when things that seem good and right are done with ulterior motives. This is what it says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing." 
And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. There is another part of the Bible where God deals with the lack of sincerity or ill-intentioned people, or when people do things with ulterior motives. In Matthew chapter 7, it says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. People can do spiritual things, even things that can be considered supernatural, like casting out demons or doing wonders, yet be far away from God. Why or how can that be? Because even though they might be doing these incredible things, their heart is not in the right place. Their heart is in the wrong place. This also explains how people can get their prayers answered and yet be completely far away from the will of God. I tell you that there will be many surprises in God's great judgment. Many people will think they got things right, but they are in for a rude awakening if they don't repent, if they don't change and adopt God's love in their lives. So just because a person does spiritual things or even have their prayers answered does not mean that God's love is in their hearts. Similarly, just because a person does things that seem good and loving does not mean that God's love is in their hearts either. God's love must be at the center of everything we do. Now, how do we know that this love that we must have in our lives is really divine? In the epistle to the Galatians, we read of the fruit of the Spirit, where it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. These are all things generated by the Holy Spirit of God in our lives, but after a person has been born again in Christ. We cannot have God's love in our lives on our own or by our own strength and ability. We must surrender and submit all of our abilities to the Lord, but our own abilities cannot generate the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is only possible when we repent and convert from all sins and take on the Lord Jesus Christ as the Lord of our lives. And based on that is that the Holy Spirit then starts to work in our lives, doing away with sinfulness in us and regenerating our lives to become more like the Lord. And finally, in 1 John chapter 4, it gives us the greatest insight as to what needs to happen in each of our lives through the regeneration of the Holy Spirit, where it says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. And this the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love has been perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son as Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. 
God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. So you see, having God's love in our lives is the only way we can show evidence that God lives within us and using that love for our brother and sister in Christ. Quite simply, if a person does not show God's love in their lives, then they simply have not yet come to have a true and genuine relationship with the Lord. It's as simple as that. In John chapter 15, we read that the only way to show our love is by keeping the word of God, by living in obedience under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. For it says, as the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. Love for God and love for our fellow believers can only be shown through obedience through the Lord by doing good works. Our love for the Lord and for each other should even be sacrificial, even if needed. This is what true faith in Christ is all about. It's about doing those things that please God. It's about fulfilling His will. It's about accomplishing His will and desire here on earth. This is how the Holy Spirit compels us to fulfill the law of God. Now, what is the law of God? Was it in fact to circumcise to keep the Sabbath diet restrictions? Was that God's true will? No, this is God's true will, what God has always wanted and desires even to this day. The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord our God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second like it is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. It's all about love, but not human love. It's about godly love, sinless love. It's about a love that is kind, where there is no envy, where it doesn't make spectacle of itself, where there is no pride, where there is no rudeness nor selfishness, where there is no provocations, where there is no evil or iniquity, but rather God's truth. This is the love that lasts forever because it can only come from and be generated in our lives through God himself. This is the kind of love every follower of Jesus Christ must have in their lives. So how can we begin to show this love practically with each other? By having a true and genuine faith full of good works. This is what James chapter two says, what does it profit my brethren? If someone says he has faith, but does not have works, can faith save him? 
If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, You have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, a foolish man, that faith without works is dead? And so I can tell you, based on the authority of the scriptures, if a person does not help their brother or sister in Christ in a practical way, if people don't take an interest in meeting true needs, then they simply have no love. And if that is the case, then God is not in them. Yet what happens in most of our churches? People come and go and no one really cares about them. Everyone is more interested in their own problems, needs, and desires rather than in helping others. How can I say this? Because of our ministry, we many times need to go to different churches. And we don't make an announcement of our attendance. And we barely even get a hello from people. There is an incredible indifference and coldness in many of our churches today. There is no real love. Most people pass by unnoticed. Is this what Jesus taught us? Did people go unnoticed with the Lord? Did he not heal all of the sick that came or were brought to him? Did he not feed the masses? Did he not take interest in the needs of the people? So if the Lord loved us and to the point of even dying on the cross for us, what do you think is left for us to do? Some might say, well, Jesus was God and we can't do the things he did. And yes, Jesus was and is God, but we are supposed to do whatever is within our reach for our brothers and sisters in Christ in need. He said it very clearly. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. We are supposed to follow his example. We are supposed to be followers of Jesus Christ, doing the things he did. That is the definition of being a Christian, a Christ follower. Now we should be mindful of our actions or lack of action because we will be judged. We will be judged for the love we show or the lack thereof. It should be clear to us through everything we have read that godly love is the only way for us, the only way for salvation. If we don't have true love in our lives, then we have no hope, no salvation, no eternal life. But if we live to show God's love through our lives, thereby fulfilling the will of the Lord, then we will have the eternal hope, life, and salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ that we so desperately need. As followers of Jesus Christ, God's love needs to be everything for us. We must have love for the Lord, and we must have love for our neighbor. The Word of God says that we must love our neighbor as ourselves. And of course, the Lord said again that we must love our fellow believer like he loved us. That is quite exemplary love God is looking for in us. That goes far beyond just saying hello to someone at church. And you can consider yourself lucky these days if someone even looks at you at church these days let alone be concerned over the other person's needs. The problem is that if people don't have love for their neighbor, if they do not endeavor to help each other with the right intentions in their heart, they simply will not be allowed to enter the kingdom of God. 
A person can spend their entire life living religiously or doing religious things or even striving to be moral. But if there is no true love, no genuine concern and evident care for their neighbor, they will simply not be allowed into God's kingdom. It doesn't matter what faith they profess to have. They can even cast out demons and do miracles and wonders in the name of the Lord. But if there is no godly love in their lives, God will not allow them to come into his kingdom. There is a final judgment, and we will all stand before God and give an account for our actions on that day. And God will judge whether we had genuine love or not in our lives. Matthew chapter 25 tells us this, where the Lord Jesus Christ said the following, When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them one from another, as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he will set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, as much as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. Then he will also say to those on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you did not take me in. Naked and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? And he will answer them saying, Assuredly I say to you, inasmuch as you did not do it to the one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. And so it is quite clear, God will judge us based on our actions. If we do God's will on earth with the right intentions in our heart, we will inherit his kingdom. But if people do not do his will, they will go away into everlasting punishment. This is not a game. We need to take the Lord and his will very seriously. I would encourage you to look to have godly love in your life so you can find God's favor through the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord God, I praise you, I worship you, I exalt you, Lord God. I give you thanks for your love. I give you thanks for the love that you showed us through your Son, Jesus Christ, through his sacrifice, through the promise of salvation. Thank you, O Lord, for your grace and for your mercy, O Lord. Heavenly Father, help us to understand that we need to have your love in our lives. We need to have genuine love. We need to have the kind of love that your word talks about. 
Heavenly Father, help us to understand that we need to love you with everything we are and that we need to love our neighbor as ourselves. Lord God, help us to understand that we will give an account and that we must get things right before you so that we can be saved, so that you can allow for us to come into your kingdom. Help us, O Lord, to be worthy through your Son, Jesus Christ, and through the works that the Holy Spirit compels us to do. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Please join us again next time as we look into God's Word together. And if you have any questions or just need some prayer, please email us through our website. If you want to listen to other messages, you can go to our website or look for our podcast in the Apple iTunes store under The Latter Rain Ministries to subscribe. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. The Lord is near. May God bless you.